Welcome to a podcast of a sermon delivered at the Unitarian Society of Ridgewood in New Jersey. Our congregation is a place where you will find inspiration in the richness of diverse beliefs and the power of community. Detailed information about the Unitarian Society of Ridgewood is available on our website, uuridgewood.org. Let's say together the chalice lighting prayer. And that's found in your order of service. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the energy of action as we gather together in the circle Now, (laughs) take a deep breath. This is a moment we share. And then there's this moment, and this one. And as we breathe, these moments are fleeting. Once in a lifetime moments, opportunities to be present. So the invitation is to be here. Be here now with everything that you bring, sitting side by side with your companions in the quiet and wonder of this moment, a moment that will never come again. Notice your breath and listen to the silence as we tune in to ourselves and the presence we bring here today. Oh boy, it takes Danny boy to move us into happy St. Patrick's Day on this March 17th. It is said that on St. Patrick's Day, everyone is Irish for the day. Well, let's say that everyone is Celtic today. That is the peoples who settled in Ireland, Scotland, Wales, parts of England and France, Today, as we celebrate being Celtic for the day, we look to our Unitarian Universalism sources as we celebrate Earth-centered spirituality. So what is a source? Little reminder, UU congregations affirm and promote principles, we know a lot about them, which we hold as strong values and moral guides. And how we live out these principles is within a living tradition of wisdom and spirituality. Those are the sources, as diverse as science, poetry, scripture, and personal experiences. So these are the six sources in case you have trouble rattling them off. Direct experience of mystery and wonder, which is affirmed in all cultures. Words and deeds of prophetic people which challenge us to confront powers and structures of evil with justice, compassion, and the transforming power of love. We have wisdom from the world's religions which inspire us in our ethical and spiritual life. We have Jewish and Christian teachings which call us to respond to God's love by loving our neighbors as ourselves. There are humanist teachings which counsel us to heed the guidance 
of reason and science. And finally, there are spiritual teachings of earth-centered traditions. And this sixth source, the earth-centered spiritualities, really animates our faith, and we celebrate the sacred circle of life. And this sixth source instructs us to live in harmony with the rhythms of nature. Some UUs practice indigenous religions and modern paganism. All of these are part of the sixth source of our living tradition. So today I want to invite you on a journey into how Celtic spirituality, an example of earth-centered spirituality, informs the inner landscape of our lives. So every Sunday, we take time for reflection and quiet. And we're aware that in our diversity, we all use this time of silence differently for meditation, prayer, intentional breathing, and more. So I invite you to enter this reflective time with me. Take a deep, slow breath. Calm your body and your mind. Let yourself be present to all that is running through your heart and mind. And breathe slowly and deeply. This morning, as we sit together, we do so aware of all the ways we are different. Our genders, our sexualities, our ages, our theologies, histories, beliefs, our hopes and fears and dreams, our gifts and talents and struggles. No two of us are alike here. And we are mindful of all the places around the world, including in our own families, our communities, our faith traditions, and our nation. We are mindful of all the places that difference is reviled and hated, that difference is approached with violence, is willfully misunderstood or misrepresented. Today, we hold the 49 victims who were worshiping in mosque of New Zealand. We hold them in our hearts. We long for a time when differences are respected, rejoiced in, embraced, and honored. And that will be a day for celebration and joy. This morning, we remember, too, that for all our differences, we have a shared humanity. All of us, we fear, we grieve, we hope, and we love. Different, yet the same. Separate, and yet together. We sit in the silence, using it as we need. As most of us have connected with our breath from a lower, deeper, slower place, may we, may the world, find a way toward wholeness that encompasses all our varied beauty, and so may it be.
so today, the invitation was to wear the cloak of a Celt, to be Celt for the day, to celebrate St. Patrick's Day through the viewfinder of Celtic spirituality. In earth-centered spiritualities, our sixth source, the doorway into the inner life is through nature. And today I would like to share some of my travels through Ireland, reflecting on the interplay of the outer and inner landscapes and clues to finding a spiritual home. How many of you have ever been to Ireland? <laughs> many, many. <laughs> How many of you have ever been to another Celtic land? Wales, Scotland, southern part of England, Brittany. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For me, my Irish heritage led me to explore Ireland and its sacred sites through the practice of hill walking, a term that during Queen Victoria's reign was a phrase shortened to the phrase hiking. For many years, I have explored Ireland's sacred sites, many of which are hidden away without the benefit of signage. Armed with Irish ordnance maps, Sometimes my only clues were from the shape of the land pictured on the map or the various map signages, including, is this on an American map? Standing stones, holy wells, and fairy forts. When I first started hill walking or hiking through Ireland, I wasn't sure why I kept returning over and over and over. But through the passing of time, it became clearer the topography of Ireland and its sacred sites became doorways into my inner life. Ireland's shapes and sacred sites began to align with the challenges in my emotional and thought life. One began to inform the other as both the outer and the inner landscapes came together in a cohesive narrative of growth and discovery. Nigel Pennock is a pagan in the Celtic tradition and the author of over 40 books on the Celts and their spirituality. And here's what he has to say. Celtic tradition and beliefs are expressed spiritually through the land. The landscape is filled with places where spirit is present. Every time we experience it, this presence encourages us to make a creative act that personifies the place to us, thus creating a relationship with the land. Oh, he's such a pagan, I love it. This is the anima loci, the soul place. When this is acknowledged and honored, ensouled sacred places come into being, end of quote. And this, I would add, is woven into the fabric of art music, mythology, spirituality, and everyday life in Celtic culture. Ireland's sacred sites, and this is true for all Celtic sacred sites in Scotland, Wales, parts of England, France, are a blend of early Christian and pagan sites. And it is this spirituality that holds both traditions, Christian and pagan, in one unified worldview. Pretty unusual, pretty unique. In Celtic spirituality, Ireland, oh, this is so pagan, is the body of the goddess. 
Is Ireland the shape of a woman's body? No. But the ancient stories of Ireland contain clues to this feminine association. The Hag of Bera is a standing stone perched on the edge of a cliff overlooking the Atlantic Ocean. The Hag is the oldest story that exists about divine feminine energy in Ireland. The story is an ancient, larger-than-life being. She was the shaper of the land, carrying huge boulders in the pocket of her apron and scattering them like seeds to shape and form the hills, the mountains, and the valleys. Nigel Pennock's description of creating anima loci is evident at this site, which is held as very sacred, and where people visiting leave pieces of themselves behind, such as family pictures or coins. Another site, now Killarney, how many of you have ever been to Killarney? Killarney is a very large town in Ireland, in the west of Ireland, that all tourists going by bus will stop to shop at. This is the mecca of shopping, okay? But just outside this large merchant town are the Paps of Anu. Now, Anu is Ireland's fertility goddess. Can anyone guess what Paps are? <laughs> Breasts. <laughs> They are the breasts of the goddess. And I'm like, okay, Paps of Anu. Mm -hmm. Just finished shopping, got my sweaters in the bag, Paps of Anu. And so I looked to the skies to see if I could find them in the vista outside of Killarney. And I looked and I looked, and finally I was like, oh, there they are. <laughs> Two mountain peaks, side by side, similar in shape. And I understood in a new visceral way that if one feels the earth as a living body, the body of the goddess after all, it is impossible not to feel the interdependent web of life, your small place in it and your desire to protect it. Another sign of the land as a living body are the holy wells. Driving in the west of Ireland, I was on a road that would appear to be two lanes dotted with farms and cows and sheep grazing. However, the traffic was going 70 to 80 miles an hour. For those of you who've driven by car in Ireland, you know what I am talking about. Suddenly, I passed a small dirt road with a small sign that read St. Bridget's Well. I tried turning around at the next roundabout and kept passing the small dirt road with the small sound. Zoom, 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 zoom. Yeah. Okay. Finally, half an hour later, and I really felt like I have to get to the, this is St. Bridget. Like this is the feminine version of St. Patrick. I've got to get to this well. Finally, I was able to pull into the dirt road and came upon Bridget's well. Whereupon I was shown a beautiful, beautiful well setting with an accompanying story of a miracle. Because what you find through Ireland is stories uh, are always attached to the sacred sites, of course, as in most places. But come to find out there are hundreds of holy wells through Ireland attributed to Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> Known as both a pagan goddess and a Celtic saint. Now, what other cosmology do you know 
that would defy Western logic by saying, oh yes, she was a pagan goddess and she's a Celtic saint. And you think, okay, one of them lived 10,000 years ago, if she ever lived. The other one lived fourth century BC. Mm, what's wrong with this picture? There is no, nothing wrong with that picture in this cosmology. Okay, she holds both. And the stories that are attributed to Brigid are how her spiritual presence walking through Ireland created miracles of abundance and healing. Love it. There is a sense of walking the body landscape of Ireland. And for many of us, you have stepped into someone else's cosmology, someone else's way of ordering the universe. While walking with a group, we came upon a holy well sacred to our Irish walking guide. Now there had been lashing rainfall, hilly terrain, hours of walking to arrive at this 18-inch hole in the ground. <laughs> to the untrained soul, it was hard to understand the context of the sacred. I did have something stir within me. If this hole in the ground is sacred to another being, what does it have to teach me? Walking the body landscape of Ireland stirred up my own inner landscape, and it also created a sense of spiritual longing and wanting to find a deeper connection and a deeper spiritual home. The Irish poet and theologian John O'Donohue speaks about spiritual community as the possibility of being soul friends to each other. The Gaelic phrase is anamkara, which is compassionate presence or the ability to read other people's hearts. Now, there were two animated forces in the early 4th century Celtic church. And it's interesting to note that um, Ireland was outside of the Roman Empire, and therefore it was outside of the early Roman church. So it was not influenced by the Roman church in ways that you might think. So it was free to be a blend of pagan and Christian ideologies. So the first animating force grew, grew around the life and ministry of St. Patrick. He really did exist creating organizational form, the building of churches, cathedrals, schools of learning, large monastic communities who later on in the Dark Ages would become or, or would get the credit for saving civilization because of the hundreds of years' works they did transferring these classical works of poetry and philosophy and theology onto vellum. But there was a second animating force, and the second force was spiritual exploration and the founding of small spiritual communities inspired by ascetic men and women of the Middle East, such as the Essenes, who renounced the comforts of society and lived off the land. Now, scholars say the origin of Anamkara, a compassionate presence, dates back to these early desert mothers and fathers Inspired by them, it would lead to the creation of small communities based on these desert mothers and fathers where Anamkara was a spiritual practice. Fast forward down through the millennium to here. 
Most of us choose to belong to this congregation because we do feel that it is a spiritual home. Is it a place where all feel connected to each other all the time, 100% of the time? Maybe not, but a lot of the time. Is it possible to be surrounded by friendly people, a lovely space, gorgeous music, an inspiring sermon, and still feel alone or even disconnected? Is there a way to engage in compassionate presence so we may know each other's hearts? Here's my commercial. (laughs) We are launching a program called Small Group Ministry. How many are familiar with Small Group Ministry or Chalice Circles or Covenant Groups? So they've come back. They're coming back. And what I was struck with when I was preparing my, my thoughts was, that's Anamkara. The small ministry groups or the chalice groups are people of 10 to 12 number who meet regularly, usually monthly, to reflect on and discuss significant life topics. And these small groups are great places to get to know other people and to get to know yourself. Over time, participants build deep connections with one another, with the congregation, and with the sacred and I wanted just saying this is the end of the commercial. Please check the e-blast for information about participating in one of these groups, particularly if you're a person that says, wow, how come sometimes all the ingredients are there and I still feel lonely or I still feel disconnected or I still feel when I go into Fellowship Hall I have no one to talk to. Or maybe you've been coming for 30 years and you've got lots of people to talk to, but you're looking for new and, way, new and deeper ways to drop into conversation and a commercial. Okay. I want to share with you a poem by an American pagan named Starhawk. Anybody familiar with Starhawk? Yeah. We are all longing to go home to some place we have never been. A place half remembered and half envisioned we can only catch glimpses of from time to time. Community. Somewhere, there are people to whom we can speak with passion without having the words catch in our throats. Somewhere, a circle of hands will open to receive us. Eyes will light up as we enter. Voices will celebrate with us whenever we come into our own power. Community means strength that joins our strength to do the work that needs to be done arms to hold us when we falter, a circle of healing, a circle of friends, someplace where we can be free. After walking the body of the goddess, the land of Ireland, I am left with fundamental shifts in my inner landscape. The Hag of Barra teaches me, what is the source of my creative energy? Can I allow new impulses and images to come forward, being receptive to what wants to be born within myself? What needs to be reunited within me that was divided? In order to move forward, are there life transitions I need to honor? How do I participate in a spiritual community that engages an understanding of another's heart? As you use the sixth source 
earth-centered spirituality invites us to be spiritual explorers, cultivating a relationship with the earth, honoring the divine feminine in all things, and creating time and space for our inner landscape to inform and guide us. And I would add, may we seek to know each other's hearts in new and deeper ways, and let it be so. Amen. Please join in the words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish the flame, and may the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the energy of action burn bright. And based on Bridget's story, let me end with a benediction. May our hearts remain open in the face of suffering. May we continue to practice small acts of kindness. May we continue to witness miraculous outcomes from cumulative acts of justice and mercy. And finally, Just as Bridget expanded the whole of the plain, may our sphere of justice-making continue to expand, creating goodwill, fairness, and equity for all. Let it be so. Amen.